Hello and welcome to episode 142 of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. We uh, we unfortunately have no mic again tonight because, well, he's in the process of packing up because he moves house on, I'm going to say Thursday, maybe Friday this week, which means it's just me and my wonderful co-host, Anton. Hello. Hello, Alistair. It's, um, yeah, it's been kind of a, an interesting wee season we've had here for the podcast. Obviously, we've all been quite busy, um, just personally. But then also the Switch has been like, no worries. We'll, we'll give you a little time to catch your breath, which has been quite nice. <laughs> I know. I'm looking, I'm looking at our, uh, our script, for want of a better word, for tonight. And it's, it's really short. There's like nothing on it, which is kind of testament to the fact that there's not actually that much happening at the moment. I mean, there's some cool news articles in there that I'm looking forward to talking mm. about, but I don't know if it's just the wind down to Christmas. All the announcements were made with plenty of time for people to get excited about games coming out, and now it's just a little bit of a lull in the news cycle, and then it'll probably pick up, what, post-Christmas, post-New Year? Yeah, Jan, yeah, as soon as we're in the new year, because we're kind of in this weird time where nobody wants to announce something for the beginning of next year when people are skint. And it's too late to announce stuff for Christmas, so we're kind of in that weird limbo time. Once we hit next beginning of next year, and they can start announcing stuff for the you know uh, spring going into summer, then we're golden. But it's a bit of a quiet period right now. Well, that's fine. It gives us a chance to catch up on the millions of games that come out this year. I mean, we know Mike has a backlog of circa 500 games which to be fair to him to his credit he does seem to be getting through he's messaged us um and our discord actually quite a few times this week saying i completed this game i completed this game i think last night oh what did he say he's completed last night there was a messenger from him earlier on today or last night saying he'd finished lucky's tale that's what it was Mm. so i do find it amazing it's like one a couple nights ago i just woke up like in the middle of the morning kind of hazy eyes and i was trying to check what time it is my phone was further away so i grabbed my switch it's like what's mike doing online (laughs) (laughs) the benefit of having two very very small children who keep you awake at all hours he was actually telling me last night he was working till one o'clock in the morning and then his daughter started sort of woke up and started screaming he didn't get to bed till five o'clock this morning and i imagine he probably got maybe one two hours of sleep and then yeah, got up started again knowing him he would have been up six seven so god bless <laughs> yeah yeah you you are in our thoughts mike we can't wait for you to be able to come back but we understand your absence <laughs> well um okay so what have you been playing this week then anton because we do generally talk about this every week and although we've not got mike we've talked about what he plays what are you playing Yes, going from, uh, I think, stuff that we've talked about most to stuff we've talked about least. Uh, I've been playing some Minecraft, as per usual, trying out the new update. Uh, just dipping my toes into, oh my god, the world height is just makes such a difference now. Um, I've been playing, uh, I picked up and, well, didn't pick up, tried out Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, the, trill- uh, the Definitive Edition on Xbox. Um, overall, Outside of the quirks of it being an older title, has been running fairly well for me. It looks very shiny on the Xbox, and um, yeah, to be honest, just having fun with it. It's the game I remember it to be, but slightly shinier. Um, which, to be honest, is all I can ask for. Um, haven't had any real issues. I think like one of the models was a bit wacky, but overall, quite chuffed with that. And then um, for an interesting one, I've been playing a title called Town Scraper or Scaper. Um, which is an interesting one. It's kind of like a town city builder 
uh, called Mesh, but it's there's no grid. It's like in this weird, like warped grid. And there's not really any game except just it's really satisfying to place buildings and then destroy them and then place them on top of each other and have them like lean over and then it's like kind of procedural so it just generates steps and little wee bunting that goes across and connects them. It's very organic and pretty. I've they've been working on it for a while. I believe it's like on PC. It's like an op- like an open access or early access sort of affair and it just happens to be on the Switch but they don't have that vocabulary on the Switch to describe it on the eStore but yeah it's it's lovely mechanics looks great feels very satisfying just the key fundamentals of just placing things and I feel like once there's more meat there and it's more of a game that could be a real just lovely title but how about yourself? I feel a review coming on. Does that mean you, you should do a review of this? I kind of want to see it and hear a bit more about it, actually. You know, I'm not kidding. I'm genuinely meaning that. That sounds good. Well, yeah, well, the reason I, I kind of picked it up is I do actually have uh, an audio file for a review, not recorded by myself, so uh, I just need to find time to get editing. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, you, you've got nothing but time on your hands to, to, to twiddle. Exactly. And uh, what have I been have... playing? I have been well from the back playing Vice City. I did say I was going to stick it on the shelf until a patch came out and see what it did. And so I, well, I was true to my word. I waited for the patch to come out. The patch came out at the end of last week, which we can talk about later in the show. And I have played it a lot this weekend. I will reserve any further comment until we actually talk about the patch, which I think might be our last news item. So I'm going to have to bite my tongue. Um, but in the meantime, we got uh, we got a lovely review this week. I know this was one where I was like, I was with some people and I was just like, okay, I need to read this one out because it was absolutely lovely. I know. So it came in from James H700. Uh, it was a five-star review, so, you know, that instantly makes us happy. And it was entitled, Switch Owners, This Show Is For You. Um, I will read it verbatim. It says, having purchased a Switch four months ago, I decided I needed a podcast to guide me into the world of Nintendo, as this was my first games console purchase in over 10 years. Good choice, my friend. I entirely approve of that. Um, thankfully, I stumbled upon the Nintendo Switch UK podcast, which is both informative and extremely easy, easy listening with no hidden agenda. The three main hosts have good camaraderie and each, of the, uh, and each other backed up with a solid knowledge of all things Switch related. From reviews of games to upcoming releases and news, this is a one-stop shop for all Nintendo Switch owners, new and old. Please keep up the good work from James34 from Nottingham Brackets, currently getting married in Barbados. Congratulations, James. I uh, hope you had a lovely marriage. Uh, marriage? Hopefully you had a lovely wedding ceremony. <laughs> That's a much better way of putting it. Hope you have a lovely marriage. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Congratulations. And um, if you are on any of the social medias let us know how you've been getting on with the switch we'd love to know what have been the titles that you've picked up and have been playing uh, especially what you've been playing by the beach and poolside um you know this week indeed and presumably what you can end up playing in um, isolation when you come back as well because you know you can mm. come back from travel you don't let go see anyone for a couple of days so you do your tests so that's a lot of games time a whole lot of games time so yeah we, we want to know what you're playing it's cool God. Thank you for I'm the just review. imagining being locked, uh, like maybe not so much on this side, but just being locked away and just being like, okay, you just have to like kill like two days. And I just had a switch. What would be like, I guess it's almost like the desert island. What are the switch games you take to a desert island? Um, I'm just thinking oh, now. That could be a new, if we could find enough people to interview randomly, we could create a whole new show out of this. Desert island video games. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> desert that, island that cartridges, I guess, what it would have to be called, mm. wouldn't it? That could be one for the YouTube. No, we you can't 
you need something that doesn't need a day one patch. That's the thing now, especially in these days. <laughs> that is a very good point. <laughs> All right. Uh, unless there's anything else you want to talk about now, do you want to do some plugging of social channels and whatnot before we dive into the dive into the news? Yeah, I think um, if you want to learn more about all that we do, the best place to go is nsukp.co.uk. We have tons of details there about our shows, hosts, um, and everything beyond and outside of that, including information about our Patreon, nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us. We do like uh, three, four different shows slash other benefits we do show notes we do uh we have the discord server which is always thriving tons of conversation and uh you know you can be uh you know listen to these episodes live such as uh Zenisar that's with us right now and uh it's quite a great place so do check that out to learn more and as well as that do check us out on social media nsuk podcast that's on facebook and twitter and if you're up for something to watch and uh, nintendo switch uk podcast on youtube we've got a good flow of content there i think one of our videos has just hit over five thousand views which is quite exciting that's um a review of tropical six by um the one and lovely james wow i didn't realize that uh, it was that high that's great i think overall we've got quite a lot in in what's the word i'm looking for when you chuck them all together in there's a word for it but it's entirely escaping me but when you lump all the videos together and count how many views we've had we've had quite a few yeah, it's a, a very much like a growing space, you know. Um, obviously, it's just kind of nice to, to be able to get, you know, get a chance to talk about some interesting titles, especially if it's ones that are kind of niche, like uh, Rush Rally Origins was a title that I'd never heard of, and then you were just like, I need to tell people about this, and I'm so glad you did. And uh, there's been a couple instances of just being like, oh, this is a great title that not enough people are talking about. Let's share why we love it. Yeah, no, it's really good fun. I'm very much enjoying having the YouTube channel. Um, one thing, if you do go looking for us, uh, go look up Nintendo Switch UK podcast. If you happen to look up NSUKP, it doesn't do very well finding us on YouTube, weirdly. I don't know why. It just doesn't. The pain of the internet, sadly. The pain <laughs> of the internet. YouTube's algorithms are they're a pain. Okay, um, let us pour a nice big steaming mug of, uh, what does one drink at Christmas? Eggnog. Uh, pull up a chair and uh, make our way through the news, shall we? Of all people to not pour a glass of malt wine, I'm I'm disappointed, Alistair. I mean, I do enjoy a good malt wine, but somehow eggnog just felt more appropriate. <laughs> nevertheless, nevertheless. <laughs> I, I do make my own eggnog. Just about every year I make oh, wow. eggnog, and it's delicious. Ah, I, I haven't heard of such skills. I've only heard of your love for malt wine, but nevertheless. I, I love all things alcoholic and Christmas. Uh, okay, so our first, our first story. Do we really have to talk about this? Really? It's it's the big announcement of the week. This is the biggest <sighs> game announcement. We've got to talk about it. Okay, so you guys have all heard of Ryan's World, uh, that sort of very small person who has a YouTube channel. Uh, they, review, they certainly used to review a whole of toys and stuff. I don't know if that's what they're still doing, but it's basically a millionaire child or children's parents. And last year they released, or two years ago, 2019, they released Race with Ryan, an absolutely shocking, appalling, abysmal video game. Well, they're bringing out another one, and this time it's called Ryan's Rescue Squad, and it's a side-scrolling platformer coming out on the 4th of March next year. Um, Alright, what can we say about this, Anton? What can we say to be nice? Well, um, the young, upstarting um, entrepreneur and influencer, um, Ryan, media empire leader, um, and his parents have put together a platformer this time, which yeah, is wholesome. It's simple. Um, 
it's definitely you know very much like for many kids i could see this being one of their first video games um it's basically just a very cheap version of mario and it is a shame because i think it will be like a 30 35 pound title which i don't think it deserves to be that much but this will be in a surprisingly it's i would have expected this to be a christmas title because this is a very much a you know soft and suck uh not soft and stuffer game (laughs) i'm muddling up my, my words there um but yeah not for us it exists um maybe one for uh, a child pretty much i mean to be fair as much as i'm i'm being rather mean about it as a as a my first video game it's actually probably not bad it looks cute and quirky and fun it doesn't actually look like it's been that badly put together it depends what the play mechanic is and if it's simple enough for first timers to you know get their head around but you fly in a spaceship there's one you're walking in a dinosaur you've got some nice relatively easy jumping things i can see this being a good gateway game for small people, I, I, it's, it might not be as bad as I was particularly making it out to be earlier on. Yeah, I think w- w- we we have some, you know, uh, apprehensiveness more so about you know, you know, the parents that are most likely profiting off of their young kids here than the game itself. The game itself looks fairly well refined and palatable to anyone who's never played a video game. Indeed very adultly put let's move on okay let's talk about vampire the masquerade because that does look kind of cool um what's it called man vampire the masquerade swan song i think is the newest indeed in, in, installment of this it is a franchise isn't it well indeed it, yeah, yeah. yeah. thanks so i've never played anything before but they looked very familiar games. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At The Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action-adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes, it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative a construction off the <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely entirely check out the gaming blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now yeah but yeah it's been been delayed to 19th of may 2022 which is a shame but to be honest once you don't hear about a game for long enough you're like it's been delayed like, you know, I, I, for the, you know, we weren't hope, like, I'm not still holding up hope that we're getting, you know, Legend of Zelda in 2021, you know, it's, <laughs> we haven't heard about it, it's 2022, you know, it's all good, so, uh, at least they've given a nice finite date, and to be honest, it's not that far away, so hopefully we'll be playing it in no time. Indeed, I actually quite like their reasoning, supposedly, for delaying it, or particularly what they put in the press release, so... A lot of time we do hear, oh yeah, it's been delayed, and they don't say anything, or they, or games, worse, games um, studios will push out games when either they're not ready, or they pretty much just massacre their entire staff in order to make the thing hit the shelves. But in their press release it says, uh, it wasn't a decision that they took lightly, but it was one that was necessary to ensure the highest possible quality while retaining a healthy work-life balance for our team. I mean, I kind of want to commend them for that. I feel that we should be highlighting and praising them for taking such a decision. They didn't just say, no, we've got a date we're putting it out and you're gonna to have to work long hours and miss weekends weekends don't care if it's your family's birthday this is actually quite good i mean, it said we granted the pandemic through a couple of wrenches and in, in the in the machine 
but they want to add extra polish and they want to make sure that they do it in a sensible way. They, they say they're a small, passionate team who are trying to do this. Uh, and yeah, I, I feel we should we should give them a lot of credit Yeah, for being open. I think, you know, a lot of people underestimate, you know, how much disruption the pandemic put onto just the gaming industry. You know, so many games are built off of, you know, over like five years, seven years. So, you know, it's overall across that time frame, it's not much, but you know, that means a game that maybe was starting development in March of 2020 had like a hellish, like one and a half, two years where that's the bit where you want, you know, all the creative minds coming together, sitting down in a room, sketching out their ideas and being creative. And, you know, that's a, that could be projects that are getting disrupted now or in the past just a little that we might not actually see for another five years so yeah it's uh it's kind of crazy and kind of cool when you start thinking about how these things all come to be uh okay let's talk about the new season of pokemon go which admittedly is not technically a switch game but it is very much pokemon related uh therefore it is switch adjacent in my thinking uh and apparently the new season of pokemon go is going to be based on pokemon legends arceus which i'm still quite excited about yeah, you know, I've been critical of the the visual, visual fidelity of Pokemon Legends Arceus. But I must say, the art style is very solid. It's a really lovely art style kind of based on ancient Japanese art. And I feel like translating that over to Pokemon Go, where it's not having to be this big, open, expansive world, it looks fairly nice and cute and... Um, just very tactile. Um, curious to see what kind of creatures and critters get added to the title um, and what that all entails. But, you know, it's nice to see Pokemon Go, I guess, six years into its lifespan now, still getting fresh content and, you know, getting looked after. It's outlived Harry Potter now, at least. And it has. And I think it outlived one of their other ones. I forget. There's, I'm sure something else came out that got killed, but I'm maybe making that up. Either way, yeah, it's done. It's done very well, and um, hopefully, it continues to to do so. Um, different, different tag here. Have you watched the reboot of Games Master yet? It's on. I think it's on YouTube, is it, or is it on Channel Four now too? Did someone I tell think me it's, that? It's on Channel Four, but they've been putting the whole thing up on YouTube, which is interesting. Kind of cross media, kind of cross generational. Um, it's an interesting move, but very smart. I wasn't expecting them to pull that off. Uh, it is kind of cool, but then again, Channel 4 has always been um, creative, willing to push the boundaries. They've always done things that some of the other channels wouldn't do, but again, they're part funded by the BBC. Well, not by BBC, but by the licence fee. So I guess they've had a little bit of money to go around and play and push technology and see what can be done. So I quite like the fact that, yeah, it's available both to stream and on Tinterwebs. Um, I haven't actually watched it myself, but I hear that they're quite complimentary of the Switch OLED. Yeah, you know, they dedicated a, a decent, I think it was like a five, six minute segment of the um, episode two of season one of the new Games Master. And yeah, the the host there kind of ran down the features and was very complimentary of it. And yeah, it seems to be very much a, a Switch fan through and through. And yeah, uh, the quote was the very best version of the very best console, which to be honest, I absolutely agree with. Um, yep. overall, like as a show, it's not quite my jam. I, I don't know. I think the Games Master was very much a product of its time. You know, <laughs> when Games Masters <laughs> happened, 
there's like a console every week um as you may have uh, seen if you listen to one of our uh, patreon shows the prequel you know there was just so many consoles even within of like sega and nintendo they were doing a lot so right now it's a little bit calmer of an industry um but nevertheless interesting to see it come back and um i'm gonna be keeping my eye on the show yeah, I do need to go find some time to actually go and watch that because it does. It is right up my street. I really want to watch it. In fact, actually, on a slight detour, just because we have the time this week, uh, Mike was talking about a movie on Netflix that's popped up, 8-Bit Christmas. He was saying ah, it's a very yeah. good ram-packed tool of uh, 1980s pop culture references, so I am totally going to be on that. See, I, I love the that you know ram-packed of 8-Bit goodness. There you go, Ram. There we go. We've got this. Sorry, it's oh, lovely. I hadn't even thought about that as I said it. I mean, sorry, that was a deliberate pun, and I'm a genius. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're, you're a connoisseur of wordplay. I really am. All right. Um, so the Switch has had a pretty good sales week. In fact, more than that, it's had its best ever sales week in the UK. Probably mostly thanks to Black Friday and a really pretty good bundle they did with the Switch, Mario Kart Eight, and Three Months Online. Um, being bundled together for I don't actually know what the price was. Do you know what the price was for that? I think it was two eighty nine ninety nine off the top of my head. Uh, it was less than a Switch OLED, and you know what? I was very impressed to see this, and it's quite a good bundle because when they announced the Switch OLED, um, and you know we, you know the, even with the price after its price drop, uh, this. Kind of regular switch after its price job i was kind of like yeah i feel like most people are just going to go for the oled but with bundles like this on the market this really moves the makes the normal switch the kind of go-to bundle for a lot of people um because this is like what two 280 i believe it was 289 um if you're kind of pricing this out with a switch oled you're talking like 400 pounds which doesn't sound like you know on paper isn't much but i feel like looking at it mentally as a consumer having 400 pounds versus like sub 300 in the 200s makes a large amount yeah that's a huge difference uh and it's kind of cool i mean this is the switch approaching its fifth birthday which is kind of crazy to think about but it was what march 2017 it came out off the top of my head so that's nearly five-year-old console having its best ever sales week that is just mind-blowing doesn't quite mesh with the whole we can't get hold of switches thing does it <laughs> to be in such low supply but to be selling more than they've ever sold is slightly contradictory yeah it's um it's kind of amazing and i'm also kind of curious how many of the you know it's nintendo could never get the sales numbers on it or maybe they could but how much of this percentage is of multiple times buyers because i would have thought the people buying their second switches or buying an oled would have been a lot higher but if it is this switch plus mario kart 8 plus three months of online bundle this means it's brand new users coming into the ecosystem that is the bulk of the sales this season yeah presumably everybody already has mario kart 8 well having said that i know quite a lot of our discord doesn't have mario kart 8 but probably half of them do half don't i'd say something like that so um that's very cool in fact it's actually nice to see mario kart 8 uh, at the top of the games charts it was it's never really fallen out of the games charts it was at something like number eight or number nine something like that but it shot back up to number one spot yay mario kart but give us mario kart 9 yeah i'm thinking god mario kart 8 is probably nine years old now it seems only right <laughs> it is slightly crazy but either way it's a cool news story i like it um up next fan game mother 4 gets announced but how long before nintendo kill it <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's so lovely, it looks great, and 
I think the excitement and the love and the happiness that this project's generated shows how little Nintendo needs to do to make their fans happy, and they haven't done it. Come on, Nintendo, give us Muller. Give us a new one. Give us a new Earthbound. Uh, even just bringing over Muller free with the translations, even just hiring, uh, paying the people that have done the fan translations to get on the Switch. It, it would just be a dream and yeah we'll be speaking about this in a couple weeks time when it's been taken down uh so download it i don't even think it's out for download yet no it's not it's just in development but it's actually technically it is a second mother four because there was a fan-made mother four before they got renamed to oddity i don't know whether it ever actually got released or not but certainly got rebranded it might well still be in development um so yeah i imagine this one will either get entirely canned or we'll just get a new name and will no longer be known as mother four in which case this is either proper homage to Mother 4 and Nintendo will stop them or it's my favourite phrase genius marketing announce it as Mother 4 so that everyone talks about it everybody knows about it then rebrand it very publicly and everyone goes and buys the game <laughs> yep that that's the way to do it you know pull admittedly it wasn't quite the same but pull a freedom planet get your press get a, a you know an active Twitter account going get all these people following your story then change it to something else Exactly. And in the meantime, we can play Fall Guy because it's, it, well, we know it's coming to Switch. It must be out really soon, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's coming out this year. Um, Excellent. They Good. haven't said anything, so, I, you know, they've got a couple of weeks left. I'm sure it's coming. Yeah, definitely, for sure. It's not been delayed, has it? Well, you know, they do have the power of epic games behind them, and God, you know, they can do anything. <laughs> just about yeah no it's not gonna it's not gonna come to 2021 is it it's, yeah. it's definitely been delayed to 2022 it, it is a real shame um and i think what's sad about this is it shows a company that just got so much excitement and just fire under their belly of this big hot title and has struggled a little to keep on top of it um because very much, I guess they were announcing it when it was hot. Uh, that was the difference. Um, and when it drops, it's not going to be nearly as hot as it was. Um, like, could we imagine, you know, f- uh, let's take Among Us, because that kind of blew up uh, a little bit before or after this title. If, you know, we were waiting till 2022 to the Switch port of Among Us, it, would t- <laughs> it wouldn't do well for it. Yeah, I have to say, as excited as I was for Fall Guys, I am... I am losing the enthusiasm because it was it was a little bubble in time when everyone was playing it and it was exciting and sort of feel we've been left in the dust. We've been let down by this one. It's just, I mean, why is it taking so long to port this over to the Switch? I don't really understand that. It's funny, on my end, because I knew the PC one was rife with hackers. So I was like, okay, um, I'll either buy it on the Switch or I'll get a PlayStation 5 and get on there. And it hasn't came to Switch, and I still can't get a PlayStation 5, and it's been over a year and a half, so I don't even know if this game exists. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, and we should know this, but Zenistar has just pointed out it's also been delayed for the Xbox. It's not just the Switch, so yeah, I feel slightly less hard done by now. Okay, uh, Mercury Steam, uh, in case you don't remember who they are, they are the people who made Metroid Dread. They have announced their new project called Project Iron. They'll be teaming up with the Digital Bros, and the game will be a third-person action RPG set in a dark fantasy world which i have to say does sound kind of cool i do love my third person action games i really do yeah i do find it interesting though because it's outside because you know the team that made luigi's mansion third part of nintendo they've recently been acquired by nintendo within of the last year never heard of their name 
but I've heard of Mercury Steam because they're awful to their employees, so who knows? <laughs> um, hope this game's good. Uh, it's very early days, and uh, yeah, to be honest, I'm going to be curious to see how they scale up to it, because going from Metroid Samus Returns to Metroid Dread, graphically, outside of being HD, it wasn't the biggest leap. For them going to a third-person action RPG, that's going to be a massive leap for the team, so I hope the team is able to do it gracefully. Yes, uh, and see our earlier comments about making sure nice work-life balances, etc., etc., at development houses. Nothing further to be added, Your Honour. Speedrunners have completed Pokemon Shining Pearl in an astonishing 23 minutes. How do you beat any Pokemon game in 23 minutes? I know it's madness. There must just be like one wall at the beginning of the game that you can do this bizarre no clip and then skip to the end, but it's madness. Um, I do find it quite humorous because I think it's uh, the people over at Nintendo Life, they did like an article like earlier in the week where it was like, somebody's done it in 40 minutes. Oh, the very free. Oh, 23. <laughs> just had to keep on updating it because people are finding new techniques. And that's the fun thing about the early stages of a speedrunning community. You know, if you look at the Super Mario speedrunning community, it's fractions and milliseconds of a second and people that have been speedrunning it for days. But right now we're in the period where people are learning the new strats, learning the new glitches and learning the new exploits to try and uh, up their speedrunning games. So who knows, we might be down to sub 20 next week. Only time will tell. And then I'll be down to two minutes. <laughs> Someone will find a way of doing it. Almost, almost guaranteed. I just I don't understand how people even get into speedrunning i can't deal with the stress i just can't i just knew my all credit to them all credit yeah to Uh, to be honest i think it's fine when it's under half an hour it's the people that speedrun games and it's like 10 11 hour speedruns even like the one to three hour speedruns i'm like that's a lot of commitment to like maybe not pull it off you know it is It, it really is okay well uh we've had a couple of really cool switch updates recently you know one gave us what bluetooth we've had uh, just a couple of little new bits and pieces coming along well we've got a new one we've got update 13.2.0 but this one was pretty much just housekeeping wasn't it it was just sort of stability and that's about it indeed um sadly no fun features um they also did a little wee update for the nintendo switch online app for mobile but similarly just stability and fixing bugs but you know it's nice that they're doing it's nice that they're not leaving their their hardware to just fester until they get the the new big update little iterative little wee updates here and there polish up the system make it run even smoother yeah just bug fixes and apparently it now supports cadpa which is the new chinese rating system Exciting. Probably very exciting for Nintendo, because, you know, China, big market, sure. For us over here, meh. Nothing to to get too excited about, in the slightest. Um, Again, another thing that isn't really worth us getting massively excited about, but it's kind of of cool, is, um, well, Nintendo's doing things in Russia. Now, that's not new. Nintendo will be doing things in Russia for a while. But they are lowering the price of their first-party games, and they're extending the warranty from one year to two years. So the warranty extension pretty much puts it in line with Europe. Um, I think America only has one year of warranty, but Europe and now Russia get a two-year warranty. But it's interesting they're bringing down the cost of first-party games in response to, well, the market, apparently. Yeah, so I've been... I think I saw a little thing on, like, game development Twitter. And it was just people being like, yeah, just... You really need to, like, be aggressive with your pricing in the Russian market. And I think maybe for a while Nintendo hasn't. And 
as far as I'm aware, they're not a particularly... Like, they enjoy Nintendo, but they're not as uh, in love with it or romantic about it as the Western and uh, kind of Asian markets. So, you know, this is possibly what Nintendo needs to do to be competitive, and I think them extending the warranty is possibly putting them in a a more kind of friendly position, because I think if you've not got the console that has these romantic franchises uh, that we all love, you know, you might be a little bit less tolerant of Joy-Con drift, for instance. And uh, this is a good move by Nintendo. And um, to be honest, I hope the the two-year warranty just becomes universal across the entire market. That would be kind of cool. I was wondering, does that mean we can then sort of log into the Russian eShop and get cheap games, or are they all going to be speaking Russian and we won't have a clue what's going on? You can do that, I believe. I I quite often see, uh, I use a site called like Hot UK Deals, and people are like, yeah, if you go to like the, the Kenya... Um, e-store you can get games for like nothing but you have to have like dedicated accounts for it and set it all up and then I think use vouchers so there are mad bargain hunters on the Switch that do switch their regions just to get the cheapest deal wherever it is sounds like Mike yeah <laughs> he'd yeah, be on that that, that does <laughs> <laughs> okay um, let's talk about Panda I don't mean the cute, fluffy, uh, big, you know, teddy bear things. I mean the manufacturers of a successful Kickstarter. I, I've i never been a big fan of GameCube controller, but apparently a lot of people do, and they're willing to put a lot of money down to get an updated one, Anton. Indeed. There are just a few... Uh, there's like a handful of miniature quirks about the GameCube controller that makes it uh, uniquely suited to a lot of different titles. The the button layout, the hexagonal joysticks, um, the big clunky triggers, and you know, there's been attempts. I think Power A does a good wireless uh, GameCube controller for the Switch, but this here seems to be the go-to. It can be used both on a GameCube or on the kind of other platforms. It can be used wirelessly or wired, and it is completely modular. On a, a different league, this is a, a far beyond the Xbox Series 2 Elite, um, if you're familiar with that controller, and you can really change everything. You can change the depth that the triggers go in the same way as those, you can actually change out the entire shell, you can change out the gates, you can customise the buttons, uh, you can make it wireless, you can change the wires that come out of it, you can really just do almost everything on it, and... It just seems incredibly fault out. I thought the the ability to change the actual bit around the joystick was really cool because although I quite enjoy the hexagonal ones, it's not very good for shooters or games where you really need to roll the stick a lot easier. But with this one, you can swap those parts out. It's as well sat with the two different shells. They've announced two to start with. One is the kind of skinning GameCube one, which I really love the GameCube button layout. But I've always hated those skinny handles. They're just not ergonomic to my hands, although I know people really like them. But for this, I have the choice. So they have one that's based on the kind of, I guess, a very similar to Nintendo Switch Pro Controller handles where they're a bit girthier. Or you can have the skinnier ones of the original GameCube style. And yeah, they've seemingly just made something that can be customized to whatever you want. Presuming that you want that kind of GameCube button layout and those triggers. That's the main thing they're selling you on. Indeed. So, I mean, as I said, it's a Kickstarter and by golly, it's a successful one. They asked for $75,000. Currently, they're £991,283. And some of the tiers are hugely amusing. So, to buy the basic controller, you're 69 quid. 
which is probably not that bad really for what's kind of a custom thing. Uh, if you want to spend £755 or it's $999, you can get a gold-plated one. Well, you can't because there are only five of them and they are all gone. Uh, if you want to spend uh, $1,250, you can also get a gold-plated one, but brackets, more expensive. And four of them have gone. <laughs> it is just mind-boggling. There's another one at $1,500, which has a gold-plated controller, but it's rose gold. They've all gone too. <laughs> I, I'm so excited to see all the, the Super Smash Brawl um it bros melee competitions where you have people with like gloved hands playing on these really blinged out controllers i mean fifteen hundred dollars for a controller is insane but apparently there's a lot of people out there with a lot of money who like game game controllers <laughs> it's just bonkers frankly but uh yeah uh they're 69 pounds they're still available the kickstarter is running for something like another two weeks or two and a half weeks it's quite a long time so yeah if you really really want a gamecube controller that will work with your switch look no further than the panda kickstarter um okay moving on let's not talk about nintendo let's talk about qualcomm because they've released well they've not really released they've kind of announced a really cool piece of kit the snapdragon g3x gen 1 which from what i can gather is almost like a demonstration model to the games industry of what the new processors can do. Have I got that right? Um, yeah, it's kind of part, kind of showcasing where they're at with hardware, being like, you know what, we can compete with the big boys in terms of making hardware that's gaming capable. And as well as this kind of announcement slash formal int- uh, informal introduction of a kind of what they hope to be a gaming ecosystem. Um, so they've made one device here, the G3X Development Kit. It's not intended for end users. It's been developed by Razer uh, with the Qualcomm Silicon within of it. And I think they're wanting it. So in the same way that there's tons of Android devices out there that can run Android apps, that there could be, you know, the G3 system. And you can just have, uh, you know, you don't have to just go to Nintendo. You can have a choice of all this different gaming hardware. Which, you know, a lovely idea. Um, But we've seen this kind of open platform thing be attempted a couple of times in the gaming industry. We've had it once, you know, at a closed scale with the the 3DO, which we've done an episode of the prequel for, which if you have access via our Patreon, do give it a listen. Um, Then we've had stuff like the Steam machines, which are on the other end, which will probably be closer to this because you'll have specs to consider. I just don't see this working. I feel like people are either going to buy a phone and play on that and then that's how they do it or they're going to buy a closed system it's or maybe pc it just seems like a weird one you know especially now that we have the steam deck on the horizon i don't have the most hope for qualcomm here uh it's a crowded market i don't know it could be an interesting move because so far nintendo's been working with nvidia to make all their chips right what's just nvidia basically made a very i forgot what it was but nvidia made something as a demo that Nintendo went, yeah, we want that, and we took. They then used their chip. Is this Qualcomm trying to maybe not mm. steal business Nvidia? But is it them trying to get into like the, like some Nintendo, or are they maybe showing this to Sony and Microsoft, going, you could use this to power your portable versions of the Xbox and the PlayStation? I mean, if that's that kind yeah. of play, actually, this could this could be genius. Yeah, that's a move I hadn't considered. Um, you know, because for those platforms, ideally even if they weren't running it natively, this could be a good um, foundation for a streaming system 
you know, something that's kind of bare bones, runs a nice operating system, but then you use it for your streaming. You maybe, rather than spending the 300 on a Switch, you maybe pay 150 It's a screen, simple processor, simple battery, and game controls. That's a, a very interesting one, or even then, it would be hard, I pers- very much, because, you know, it's although being based on ARM, Tegra and Qualcomm are quite different, but, you know, Switch 2, could this be like, um, you know, try and steal Nintendo away? Because NVIDIA doesn't really do much outside of Nintendo. When the Switch came out, they were making tablets, they were making smart, um, smart TV systems. They were doing a lot with their silicon, but these days... I think they sell sell smart TVs, but not in the volumes they were. They've stopped making dedicated portables like the Shield Portable, and they don't make tablets anymore. So, to be honest, they're probably not keeping the Tegra ecosystem as up to date as Snapchat. Well, most not Snapchat, Snapdragon <laughs> is being kept up to date with with mobile phones um, and doing stuff for laptops now. So they could do something much more powerful than. NVIDIA, I could possibly presume, just feel the merits of them being on top of their ecosystem because they have such volume of customers. They could indeed. And being the fact that, I mean, Qualcomm are basically a mobile first chip manufacturer, that's what they do. They may be in a better position to make more um, power efficient chips. Now, I don't know that for certain. This is me just spitballing. But I suspect they've had decades now of uh, mobile phone processor development and learning. So they could in theory, might be quite well-placed to produce a very, very efficient chip that NVIDIA may not be quite as up-to-date on. Absolutely, because when the Tegra um, devices were on the market, you know, they were making tablets with fans in them. And that's not something that happens normally. And similarly, I remember the Shield Portable had a chunky fan on it, and the TV ones, of course, did that as well. And they never put a Tegra chip into a smartphone, I don't believe. believe. So, you know, Snapdragon, you're rarely going to find one of them with a fan. Maybe if you're lucky, a vapor chamber, and that's just because they need to make the Galaxy S21 Ultra sound better than the Galaxy S21. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? All right, well, we've probably talked enough about that. Let's get back to Nintendo-ish, Nintendo-adjacent things. Um, Our good friend Reggie Fizumi and someone called Simu Liu, I don't know how to say you pronounce them, but they're the lead actor in Shang-Chi, which I think is a Disney Marvel superhero movie show, something like that. It's completely passing me by. Anyway, they're going to be guest presenting the Game Awards of 2021. Will you be watching it, Anton? I will. I, I do watch it every single year. Um, to be honest, I don't even watch it for the announcements. Um, it is just really jam-packed full of announcements. Uh, Jeff Keighley has a bunch of different ties in the industry, and... Over like the a red last tie, couple- a blue tie, patterned tie, like skinny yeah. tie, fat tie. Mm, I, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's been like the last couple a years. Neck tie, almost- cravat, bow tie, mm, bow tie. Let's do that. <laughs> but yeah, over the last couple of years, it's almost became like a, a competition to who has the longest stick at E3, Xbox, Nintendo, or Sony. Who can big- bring out the the coolest announcements? So. Uh, always recommend watching it, uh, even outside of the awards. So um, just recommendation. But yeah, lovely to see Reggie again. Uh, he did some guest hosting last year. Um, he the did actor an Xbox f- thing recently, didn't he? I'm not too sure. Off the top I'm pretty of my sure head. Reggie was hosting an Xbox panel through the Xbox uh, anniversary, literally within the last couple of weeks. He oh, gets wow. he's getting around. I'm, I'm loving Reggie's exposure. 
Yeah, I wonder if he's still working on the boats, selling boats or yachts. I have mm. no idea. I've lost track of where he is and what he's selling. He's a he's a man with finger fingers and many many pies. Absolutely. Uh, Machine Games, the team behind Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus, have added a four-player horde mode to Quake, uh, and also added a new or well, a new add-on, Honey. Anton, what is Honey? Honey, in the same way they added additional campaigns to the Doom and Doom 2 on Nintendo Switch, they've added an extra fan-made DLC add-on campaign, so that's quite fun. But yeah, the horde mod looks really, really well done. Um, and it's fun that it's kind of another team at Bethesda are like, yeah, we can add this in. This is like, you know, like a, a couple weeks. We can do this like in a week and a bit. And it's just a really fun addition to a classic first-person title. And I think for something like Quake, where, you know, I could see the servers getting quite quiet after a couple years because it is an older title, having something where you just need to get four friends together and you can have a riot sounds like a fun time. Indeed. So for people like James H700, who haven't had a console for the last 10 years, what is a horde mode? A horde mode is one where basically enemies spawn in a bunch of waves, uh, infinitely spawning, and you just have to survive as long as you're long as possible. Uh, quite often, like zombie modes, if you've ever heard or played of COD Zombies or um, Firefight in the Halo titles, or uh, I think they just called it Horde in Gears of War. So, uh, quite a fun one, especially if you've got a couple friends. I had actually meant to Google before we started recording this uh, what the first game with a horde mode would have been in it because I remember playing them in Gears of War and I think the Time Splitters games had them from memory but I'd love to know what the earliest mm. mainstream game with a horde mode in it would have been. Yeah, I think Gears of War 1 was the one that popularised it and then it was COD Zombies and Firefight came out the same year uh, from uh, yeah Halo 3 ODST so I think it was that point and then Every game had a horde mode for a wee bit. They did. They kind of fell out of fashion though, and now they're back, which is quite nice. Yeah, I think they got like done lazy for a bit. Everybody just like tried to do a horde mode and didn't try to innovate it. And now we're getting into it where people are starting to put effort into them again and you know do it purposefully outside of just adding another mode. Nice. That's uh, that's a good thing kudos to those who are doing it uh all right well from horde modes uh a slight pivot over to the nintendo switch online expansion pack because it's got its first new game in six weeks and we are getting paper mario woohoo on the n64 online coming out in december do we know when in december have we got a date i i believe it is the 10th of december um which you know it's lovely to get this title i think um as nintendo is currently working on improving the n64 emulation this is a nice title to have it will run smoothly and even if there is some lag it won't hurt a title like this so i'm excited to have this especially considering um people that seemingly have played the first two paper marios thinks every other paper mario is rubbish so i'm excited to see what a good paper mario looks like I really need to go back and actually play one of these. I don't think to this date I have ever actually played a Paper Mario. Unfortunately, I also don't have the uh, Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack because I've gone and got myself an Xbox and I've got too many games to play as it is. But at some point, I will get this because I do still think it's great value for money. Okay, Anton, can we now talk about GTA? Indeed. Yes. Uh, go for it. Tell, tell us how you've been getting on. Okay, so GTA, the trilogy, the definitive edition has finally got a patch on the Switch and... Well, uh, Rockstar haven't actually said what they fixed. 
So we are now on version 1.0.5. The last release notes that Rockstar put out are for version 1.0.3, which is on all the other consoles except the Switch. So I don't know if it's safe to say that we've got everything that they had in those previous fixes and a bit more, or if we've got less. There's just literally no information on it. But I can tell you, from my experience, they've fixed a lot of stuff. So on the other consoles, they were fixing a whole load of random bits and pieces. They, they were fixing uh, rain happening inside. They fixed sort of holes in the map, apparently. They fixed uh, lots and lots of just small things like signage not being on the side of buses or just teeny tiny little wee things that weren't really the biggest problems, I have to say. But they're probably the low-hanging fruit they could quickly quickly fix with sort of a, fixing a typo in some code, I suspect. Um, but have they fixed the problems that stopped me playing the game? So the reason I shelved the game was frame rates were abysmal when you were trying to drive and there was anything really happening on the screen. It did get to the point where it was, it was quite bad. Um, the game crashed on me once. Some of the models were properly broken. Like at one point, um, the main character's head basically looked like a disco ball. It was really pretty bad. Um, and all of that seems to have been taken care of from what I can see. Uh, they seem to fix almost all of it. I haven't had frame rate issues. I played it a lot over the weekend. I was on holiday up in um, Port Soy, so I was sort of sitting around and just relaxing, playing the Switch, played a bit more this afternoon. So I've probably put in a good four hours, maybe five hours over the course of the weekend and haven't had a single noticeable problem. I mean, they've still got the really crap models, but they're probably the same crap models that were there when I played the game 10-15 years ago on the PlayStation 2 back then I guess. Uh, yeah, and that that's fine. The models are fugly, but that's okay. The cars look nice, the lighting is nice, the details and textures are much better. Um, and yeah, I'm now back to happily playing the game. I'm so glad to hear that. Um, I, I just gave it a go today on the, the other platforms and as I mentioned hadn't had any problems. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious to check out some footage of this now running on the switch now that the frame rate seems to be cooperating uh, i'm still sad that the one thing they can't patch is removing a this from the title because that's too many this um but nevertheless i'm excited that the game's finally shaping up to what it's meant to be and i'm quite glad that you know this is something that's been fixed quite easily because i know when cyberpunk came out 2077 you know they came out and they're like okay we're going to fix this and there's no, there was no quick fix for that game, and they're still working on it, and they've made a massive amount of progress in a year, but possibly still has another year ahead of it. But it's both nice that they've been able to fix this up so quickly, but also sad that they couldn't have just delayed it a month, because they delayed the physical a month. It's still yet to come out. I believe it comes out in a couple of days. Um, but I'm glad that it's finally getting in the shape it should have been from the beginning. Indeed, it's uh, it's getting there, and I presume there'll be a lot more work happening over the coming days, weeks, months to hopefully drag this back up into a a really good state. If they can end up with a really nice finished product on this, I think a lot of the hurt and pain that happened during the initial launch will fade away, and people will maybe fondly remember the games again and and be happy. But I guess only time will tell on that particular front. Um, Indeed. We've, we've now run out of stuff because uh, I would love to move on to the rumours, but for a second week in a row, well, we ain't got none. There's nothing. There's no rumours. Yeah, and I really went digging this week. I went to uh, multiple sites. I went to Twitter, which nobody on Twitter could just make up something. So 
Uh, here you've heard it here first. Um, we're getting every video game. They're coming out next year. Um, so stay tuned. Um, it's going to be going to be great. We're going to get one on Harry Hill uh, and President Obama um, and <laughs> that new Bruce Springsteen and Obama podcast on Spotify. They're getting a game. So stay tuned. Uh, that's rumors. And there we are. Lovely. Excellent. Well done. Good job. Uh, and because we only have you, it's very difficult to do a quiz again. However, we have been going for, what, 50, nearly 51, 52 minutes, which is probably long enough of us prattling onto people's ears anyway. And maybe I just keep my games on the screen over here, ready for Mike's triumphant return in maybe next week if he gets a studio set up really quickly when he moves. don't know fingers crossed um but yeah if you do want to hear more of us however uh do recommend checking out our patreon we do the prequel roundup last call and we do expansion chats so tons of content going around that's you can learn more about that at nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us once again do check out the youtube if you want to hear about some new games you should check out or maybe not uh there's tons of content there Indeed. Uh, we, uh, we've obviously had a lovely review this week. We uh, value all lovely reviews. So if you would like to hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a glowing five-star review, uh, if you've not already done so, then we would be eternally grateful to you. Um, and if you want to sign up to be a patron, well, you know where to go. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I guess we're, we're, we're off nice and early. We're off to record last calls. So once again, do check out all that stuff. On that note, cheerio. Au revoir.